Welcome back to the ESPN UP Coaches Show. Danner Hoops with you. Glad that you're with us on this Friday afternoon as we check in with our five Marquette County schools and talk a little high school hoops. We'll start off with the Westwood Patriots, and I was able to catch up with Kurt Corcoran, head girls basketball coach, yesterday, and we'll go back, take a look at what he said before his game against Calumet. So, Coach, your team uh, getting set to go up to the Copper Country, and I tell you what, that's a place that's just tough to play. And I know Calumet's kind of an up-and-down team, but man, when they're on, they're on. That environment's going to be a tough one. Tell me how you're feeling heading up there tonight. Oh, it's definitely a little bit nerve-wracking. I've, I've never actually been in the Calumet gym before. Uh, we just got them on our schedule, uh, I believe, last year or the year before was, was the first time that uh, we really played them. And Calumet has been, I think they're maybe four years removed from a state championship, um, and they they do they've got really good athletes up there. Um, they're they're bigger than we are. Uh, they're quick, and they definitely they pose a, a real tough matchup. Uh, not only that, we got to go up there and deal with the the Copper Country officials, and you never, you know, they're not familiar with our style of play. We're not really familiar with uh, how they like to call games, so. Um, we, it's, those are things we talk about, definitely, uh, just in motivation for the long trip up there. You know, we're just kind of, um, we're, we're behind before we even walk in the gym, just because we've got a long, a long bus ride on a Thursday night, um, and just the unfamiliarity of, of the gym. So, um, again, those are things that we, we talk about with the girls, uh, make sure that we focus on those. Um, just the things that we can't really help, the, the bus ride and officiating and things of, of that nature. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's nerve, nerve-wracking. Um, you know, they, they, they went and beat West Iron earlier in the year. They've kind of been up and down, hard to get a real good uh, grasp on them. I, I know Hancock had, ended, had, had beat them. Um, Ishpeming beat them. So it's just it's, it's, it's all over the place. Hard. Don't really know what to expect. Coach, tell me about the ways that a Copper Country game is officiated differently than a Marquette area game. I mean, I know that there's differences in style, and with that, when you have local refs at a certain place, then you have differences in how the game is called. How is it different once you get up to the Copper Country? Well, it's not it's it's not necessarily just to call out the Copper Country, but um, they're just completely unfamiliar to us, and they probably don't make their way down down here too often. And so, you know, when you've got uh, when you get um, Certain certain crews of officials they like to call things a little bit closer, or this group likes to uh, let things go a little bit. And um, you know, with with two kind of up and down the floor, fast paced teams, um, you just don't want to find yourself in foul trouble in the first quarter because Tessa had her, you know, she had her hands on on the girls on the girls' waist and she gets blown for a foul right away, two quick ones. So. Um, I really don't know what to expect with with the crews up there. So, it, but it's just the unfamiliarity that we just don't know. So we're gonna have to kind of, um, you know, are we gonna have to come out in the zone? Should we lay off the full court press just to avoid um, to preemptively avoid getting in foul trouble? Things things like that that probably nobody really thinks about unless you're a varsity coach. What individual aspects uh, do members of that team bring to the table? Where do their strengths lie? Well, you, uh, you kind of already alluded to it. They they shoot real well. Uh, they've got, I know they've got uh, like a freshman point guard who, who brings a lot to the table. Good shooter, good slasher, good defender. Um, a couple of films that we watched, they really like the high high tempo offense, the high tempo defense. Pick you up full court. They'll trap the trap the first pass. Um, so, which you know might may or may not run in our favor because. Um, you know, I wouldn't say we're the quickest team out there, but we've got a couple. We've got some some capable guards to handle the pressure. Um, and you know, and I don't know how much they know about us. I, do they know how good of a ball handler Koski and Lisa are? Um, you know, do they want to full court press us? Do they want to trap that first pass? Uh, those are things I just I just don't know. Um, so again, we'll have to see when we get there and kind of let the game come to us. Coach, let's talk about your team. What have you guys done in the interim? You had a game over break. You said that you liked that. What have you guys done in the meantime to get ready for tonight? Uh, we're really trying to just fine tune. Uh, you know, you know, 
it's not so much adding new things, but just fine-tuning. We would rather be good, be real good at a few things rather than be mediocre at a whole bunch of things. So um, I know, and that's, that's every coach has a different philosophy. Would you rather, um, you know, throw in a few different, throw in a few curveballs, try to catch some teams, you know, off guard, or do you want to perfect what you're already doing well and, um, that's what we're just, we're just in trying to perfect what we're doing because, you know, I, I know everybody loves reading the polls and whatnot and, um, Upbeat came out with a new, new poll yesterday, so has us number one, but I just have a hard time believing that, that we're really number one team. We're just, um, it's just too many mental mistakes, too many turnovers. We're not all that big. And, um, so we're, we're really just trying to perfect our offense, um, perfect our defense, which I, you've heard me, mentioned many times um there's just little things that we need to clean up on the defensive side and then and, and bring down our our turnovers um down from 17 a game so um there's there's nothing really new just a, the over break you do a lot of shooting um try to get build everybody's confidence up um and you know just just perfect what we're doing well, Coach, over break, I thought maybe you had your best shooting performance of the season as you picked up your seventh victory. Has that been the focal point of the time in the interim, is trying to focus on how well your team can shoot the ball? Yeah, I mean, it's it's easy it's easy to say that. Yeah, well, we improved on our shooting, you know, but it's, it's such a day-to-day, hit-or-miss um, angle of the game. I mean... We we had a good night shooting um, versus Hancock. We did, yes, we had a shoot around in the morning. Did that, I, but I listen, Tanner. I, I've done that twelve other times in my career, and it doesn't always translate into a good shooting night. So, um, but, but there is definitely over break. The time to spend a little bit more um, of your efforts on shooting, um, just because during the beginning of the season. You're putting in all your new offenses and defenses and strategies, and there isn't really a whole lot of time to work on your individual skills. So over break, there is definitely a little bit more time to bring out the shooting machine, get the girls working on following through, getting their elbows up, stepping into their shot, things like that. But, um, you know, most of that work has to be done in the off season. These girls, from, from the time we get into the gym in mid-November to the end of March, their individual skills just aren't going to improve all that much. That's the, that's, the old saying players are made in the off season um so you know did did the extra shooting help a little bit yeah maybe maybe not um it's tough to say coach what's the biggest challenge you're going to lay before your team tonight where do you want to see your team succeed fundamentally this evening uh, i always go with defense uh I, I hate seeing lapses um on defense not closing the door not moving your feet stupid follows falling falling a jump shooter um, and and not also not letting Kelly Met get to the free throw line a whole lot. There are uh, real real loyal fan bases up in the Copper Country, and we get we give Kelly Met a little bit of momentum and let them jump up on us like Gladstone did, maybe twelve to five, and that place is going to be rocking, and those girls are going to be excited, and um, you know we're, we we just can't dig ourselves a big hole like we like we did in that Gladstone game. And uh, it'd be really nice to just jump out to a quick 9-0 lead um, and and kind of let things go from there. Coach, as always, appreciate the time. All the best tonight. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, Tanner. So once again, that was an interview with Kurt Corcoran, head girls basketball coach at Westwood from yesterday. That was prior to last night's victory at Calumet, 59-35. to Westwood led 11-8 to after one quarter and then 30-20 to at halftime. Calumet got within single digits late in the third quarter, but Westwood was able to get on a run with a couple of quick buckets late in that frame, and they would go into the fourth leading 40 to 26. Westwood would continue to expand on the lead, ended up building it to 59-38, which would be the final. A scrappy game, but Westwood remains undefeated as they are 8-0 on the year. Tessa Lee had 15 points to lead the way. Madeline Kosky and Ellie Miller each had 12. Carly Patron had 10. Those were the four Patriots in double figures. So they'll be back home on Tuesday. They will take on Gladstone, a team that they beat 50-32 prior to Christmas break. 
The Westwood boys were in Iron Mountain last night. I had the chance to cover that game. And Westwood started out playing pretty well in that one. They led 5-2 to two at the midway point of the first quarter, but then went scoreless for 11 minutes. Didn't get another bucket until 55 seconds left in the first half. And Iron Mountain ripped off a 32 nothing run. They were in complete command after that. The Mountaineers led 12-5 after one quarter, 37-8 to eight at halftime, and 50-16 to 16 after three quarters. I caught up with head coach Chad Hewitt after the game. Welcome back to Iron Mountain High School. Tanner Hoops with you, joined by head coach Chad Hewitt. Patriots fall tonight by a score of 60-22. to 22. Coach, each team just got off to a little bit of a slow start offensively. Iron Mountain picked it up, just had trouble getting some good looks, but had trouble knocking them down, and just not a team you can fall behind against. No, you know, Iron Mountain's a good basketball team. Don't kid yourself. You know, they're coached well. They play well. They got three or four all-UP kids on that basketball team. You know, we can't we can't play as lackadaisical as we did defensively and not shoot the ball as well and, you know, not attack the basket like we did tonight um, against a good team like that. They'll beat you every time for sure. Well, Coach, if there's a bright spot to deny, your team shot well at the free throw line, ended up going six of eight, had those two misses late, just tough to get down there. They've got the height on you, and, and they forced turnovers so well. They did. You know, um, you know, you can't take nothing away from Iron Mountain that I think that we played our best basketball tonight. No. Um, you know, you never want to be playing your best basketball, you know, game eight. You always want to continue to get better. But I thought we played better basketball this year. And I thought, you know, they're kids. And we might have regressed a little bit tonight. And we were a little uh, shell-shocked and, you know, didn't, didn't play to our potential. But, you know, that's why you go back to practice tomorrow and get after it. Another chance at these guys in three weeks. Thanks for stopping up, Coach. Right, Talk to you again soon. Chad Hewitt, head boys basketball coach at Westwood, kind enough to stop up here in the postgame show. Westwood boys again fall 60-22. to Iron Mountain is 8-0. Westwood falls to 6-2. Junior varsity game going to the Mountaineers as well by a score of 50-38. to We transition over to Westwood Patriot Bowling with head coach Barry Ray. Well, Coach, the boys continuing on with their season, as are the girls. Tell me about what those two teams have been up to since uh, we talked last a couple of weeks ago. Um, Yes, they still are going strong. The boys are. They're undefeated still. Uh, We go down to uh, Marinette, actually, this weekend. Take on uh, Menominee, so that's always an intriguing matchup. We'll see how that goes. And then our girls, unfortunately, Bold shorthanded last week and will again this week with some conflicts that we have at the school. Tell me about why that Menominee matchup is going to be so unique. Um, they've been around forever. Um, they're also state finalists. Um, they typically will have someone you know make it to states either individually or as a team. Um, them and Iron Mountain are usually our toughest competition. Well, you mentioned that the boys were going to have a meet coming up right before the holiday break. Girls as well taking on Escanaba. How did those meets go? Um, the girls, like I said, uh, had to bowl shorthanded, so you're never going to win a match like that. Um, and the boys uh, had a 38-2 to victory over Lance, so another really strong showing. What are you looking for out of your team moving forward? Where do you want to see them continue to make strides? I want them to continue to make strides uh, bowling as a team. Um, which they are doing very well right now. I just want to see that uh, continue. Um, and then what's been great um, for the, all of the students is I've been able to have everyone participate because uh, they're, they're bowling so strong right now. When you look at the makeup of your team, and again, you've had some guys in there since they were underclassmen starting to work their way up. How rewarding is it to be able to see the fruits of their labor transpire the way it is this season? Oh, it's phenomenal. It's just phenomenal. They, uh, they went through the, you know, the growing pains of, you know, being freshmen and sophomores bowling against seniors primarily and juniors. And, uh, you know, just say they got their butts kicked a lot. And now that confidence of winning the first couple of matches and opening the season against the crosstown rival Ishming Hematites and being able to take that match, I think just a, a ton for their confidence. When you go to practice and you address these guys and what you're seeing, how do you spend your practice time here as we get into the early part of January? You start gearing up for maybe the deep run. Yeah, absolutely we do. Um, we do start to talk about the regional matchups that we're going to see. Um, we just found out in the last, uh, over the break, 
that we will be in Gaylord this year for our regionals. Um, traditionally, we're in Traverse City, so that's a change-up. So we talk a little bit about that. Um, just the sheer size of the bowling alley, the different conditions that we're going to see, probably you know flooded lane conditions, as we call it, and uh, just getting them ready and make sure the equipment's all ready to go. Now, for those who may not know, how does the regional system in bowling work in the state of Michigan? Um, well, this year, it's going to be tough. Um, so what happens in our region, um, which is 19 Division Four um, or D, we're going to have 19 teams we're competing against this year, and only the top three make it to the states. So that's why when you hear a bowling uh, program say they were a state finalist, it really is a big deal. How does that the tournament format work when you've got 20 are you going head-to-head -head against teams or individual players racking up scores no great question uh, it's just total pinfall at that point um so what we do in the regional matchup is just you go and you bowl against it or i should say with a different team every game but it's just total pinfall for the whole day and those top three teams advance well, you talked about new conditions as you go to Gaylord instead of Traverse City this year for your regional. How does a different bowling alley, I mean, I know the size can be overwhelming when you get to state, but do you ever encounter maybe pre-state that you have an alley that just offers different conditions, and how so? Oh, absolutely, um, especially in the UP. You know, we've got bowling alleys like the Whirligig and Lons that is six lanes, um, which is obviously going to be very different from a bowling alley like Escanaba. It's 24. So the sheer size makes a difference. The type of uh, patterns that they put down are supposed to be relatively the same, but every machine, every lane, you know, you've got synthetic lanes, you've got wood lanes, so uh, everything plays a little bit differently. Are you familiar with Gaylord's setup at all? Have you ever gone down there? Yes, yes, we have been there, so I, I'm aware of it. I don't think anybody on the team um, currently has been there and that's why we always try to get down a day early so that they can go throw a few the night before the competition begins is there any kind of setup that you feel favors your team that you go to and you think this is the kind of place i like my team to play at um a lot of oil hmm. um we have a couple two-handers and so they get a ton of revolution on the ball and so uh, a condition where it's really oily makes it tougher for kids that don't um, you know, have as many revs on the ball, so that usually suits us pretty well. Uh, you bring up the two-handed bowler style. Is that something that they bring into high school with them that they've done all their life, or is that something where you take a look at the kid and you want to adjust that? No, they usually, um, they usually come with that. Um, there's, it's a lot of popular, it's very popular, sorry, on the PBA Tour right now. And so the kids see that, they watch YouTube, and they can get a lot of, you know, thoughts and whatnot around it. And so some will go from one-handed to two-handed in a season. Um, but traditionally, they show up one way or the other. Barry Ray, head bowling coach at Westwood High School. As always, appreciate you, Coach. Looking forward to talking again soon. Thanks, Tanner. Crystal clear trout streams, pristine forest, and a sky so blue it hurts the eyes. We make our home in the most beautiful part of Michigan. We're Embers Credit Union. We cherish the abundance of lakes, the sound of fresh snow underfoot, waves crashing on the shore, and the crackle of an evening campfire. We also cherish the dreams and aspirations of the people who give the UP its unique character. Embers Credit Union is dedicated to fueling the passions of our members and the communities we serve. We see a world of potential in our neighbors, and we're here to provide personalized guidance, solid financial advice, and solutions to get them to the next level. What's your passion? A new home, a better vehicle, or seeing America in an RV? Together, we'll get there. Straight talk banking that matches your way of life. Let's live it up. Embers Credit Union, offices of Marquette and Nagani, and embers.org. Member NCUA, an equal housing lender. Welcome back to the ESPN UP Coaches Show. Time now to talk with Gwen Modeltowner, boys basketball coach Jim Finkbeiner. His team getting back to action this evening. You open up 2019, coach, at home, taking on a pretty good Gladstone team. Tell me how the time in the interim has gone. It will be your first game since December the 20th. What you've addressed in that uh, in that time in between? Well, I think it was a good break for us. Um, good start to the schedule. Um, not exactly where we wanted to be. 3-3 three and three is nice, but 
we were pretty competitive in most games. So, you know, I think we're in the right, going in the right direction, especially with the, the roster that we have and what we're working with. So, um, I'm happy with the break. Uh, kids needed a break. We all needed a little bit of a break and it gives us some chances to, uh, work on some stuff, you know, that we needed to. And, uh, you know, one of the biggest things for us is execution. You know, we have to become uh, a little more, uh, better at, at executing what we do. Um, as much as we prepare for other teams, and you're probably trying to defend uh, other players, trying to learn what they do well. You know, we have to d- learn what we do well still. So um, I think we did a lot of that over the break, and that, that was a good thing. And, you know, we're like any team. We got a little bit of nicks here and there, a little injury here and there. So uh, it was a good time to kind of heal up a few of those things. So now we got to get ready for a really good Gladstone team. Well, with a couple of weeks off, we saw – firsthand of the Westwood game that injuries start to become a factor for your team a little bit. Are you starting to get some of those guys back and healthy or close to full strength? Well, we're, you know, uh, we're getting a couple of them back here, probably not tonight, uh, probably next week. I'm hoping to see uh, one of them back, and I still have two others out, one with a broken finger, one with an Achilles injury. He's going to be out. Um, Caleb's going to be out for a little while longer yet, but at least they're on the heel. Things are going well in their recoveries. So um, when we do get them back, they should be at 100% and, and ready to go. So, you know, we, we still have plenty of guys, um, and we'll continue to play. You know, our sophomores are coming along really well, blending real well with our seniors. So we still have plenty of guys that can play, and they come to compete every day. Um, but the break did definitely get us uh, get us a little bit of help with that injury stuff. Coach, how confident is your team at the midway point between 2018-2019 as you've already matched last year's win total? You continue to see the fruits of your labor transpire and improve game to game. Yeah, you know, the kids the kids have noticed it too. You know, we, we have, you know, good conversations with the kids uh, over this break. Um, just talking about, you know, where we're at, where we want to be, you know, goals, all those kind of things. Things that you talk at the beginning of the year, but it's also good to check in you know, um, every once in a while, just to make sure that we're all on the same page, and that's exactly where they're at. You know, they're they're not happy to be three and three right now, which is exactly what I wanted to hear. You know, three and three is is yeah, we matched our last year's total, um, but that's exactly not where we want to be. You know, we want to be uh, obviously a lot better. So I think uh, I think the kids are hungry. I, I think the kids can kind of see you know when they're um, executing what we do and, and listening and just being coachable like they are, that they actually are seeing some fruits of their labors. They are, all that hard work is starting to pay off uh, piece by piece. Now, it doesn't happen overnight, and there's no guarantees. So the biggest thing for them is just to remember that they have to show up every game. We have to play four quarters. We don't get any nights off, uh, and it starts this Friday. Jim, has the team taken on the identity that you kind of expected them to have in the off season, or are they starting to take on a new role that you have to adjust to? Well, a little bit of both. You know, we pride, you know, ourselves a lot. You know, we know that we're, uh, you know, not the best shooting team in terms of field goal percentage, that type of thing. We're getting better. Um, but that takes time. That takes a lot of effort and, and time in the, in the, in the basketball gym away from the basketball season to get, become a really good shooter. So we're starting to get there. Um, but we also understand that playing defense, if we can play really good defense and rebound, then, then we don't have to score as many points if we can keep the other team from scoring. So we, you know, we've taken a good pride on our defense. Um, rebounding getting better. I mean, other than uh, Tucker, I mean, he's just an animal on the boards. But um, the other guys are starting to, you know, really buy into that. Now the biggest thing is is being disciplined. Um, they're seeing some of the, the good things when we watch film, when they execute and, and do the things we want to do. They're really seeing that, yeah, this does work. Um, when we play really good defense, you know, we really, really uh, get after it a little bit. It just kind of gets the juices flowing on both ends of the floor. So for us, that's a big thing is, you know, we got to play good defense. Um, we got to try to you know, up the tempo a little bit doesn't mean, uh, you know, crazy tempo doesn't mean, you know, reckless just means, you know, play our kind of game. And I think the kids are, are seeing that when we watch film, that really they're noticing those things. And that's good that they're at, uh, able to recognize it, not just have it come from the coaches. Talk with Jim Finkbeiner, head boys basketball coach at Gwynn. Coach, tell me about Gladstone. Obviously, you look at them and Reese Casters, what jumps out at you, but they got a lot of nice complimentary pieces to him. They do. You know, Reese, uh, last time I saw, scoring more than 30 points a game. So, of course, he's a, he's more than a handful. He's a load to, to try to deal with. And, you know, he's one of those players up here in the UP uh, or anywhere that, that you know, he's going to get some points. He's going to be really tough to hold down. So, you know, you do the best job you can. But, exactly, Gladstone, the last several years, has had a really good complimentary cast around him. They have guys that can knock shots down. they got guys that really move the basketball well in their offense. 
Um, a lot of screens, a lot of movement, a lot of good passing. So it makes it tough. Um, and, you know, and the one thing I think that people don't give Reese, maybe, I don't know, I don't hear too much of it, is, is how good of a passer he is. He, see, he finds other guys on that floor. Um, when he's getting double teamed, he finds those guys that are open uh, for good looks, uh, good layups, uh, good open jump shots. So, um, you know, he, he has more than one facet to him, and uh, those other guys do compliment him well. They, they find him when he's open, get him good shots, but also keep moving to realize that they have to contribute. And, you know, it's real balanced after him. So how do you key on, you know, you, you, you're no casters there, but you can't really key on one other guy. You just have to play good, solid defense on the other floor. What do they like to do on both sides of the ball? Are they going to pressure you, maybe throw a few zone looks at you? Well, you know, they in the in the past, they've gone uh, three-quarter court to full court with some pressure at times. It'll be a zone a lot of times. But in the half court, they'll try to trap you when you get a chance. If you get caught in a the corner, they're probably coming, um, and we realize that. Um, they'll also throw a little zone at you once in a while just to, to um, probably mess with you a little bit, especially on inbounds. So, you know, the other thing is that they're well coached. Dane does a nice job getting them to be on the same page as a team. You know, you, you can't switch defenses and go um, back and forth from pressing to half court to zone, that kind of stuff, without being uh, spending a lot of time and really buying into it. So, you know, they play their system really well. Um, and they have, you know, for a number of years here, and, and that's what makes them good is that those kids have bought into their system. So for us, it's about trying to disrupt that, of course, and, and uh, get them to play our system. So I guess that's what the game is about all the time. Well, Coach, you look at your upcoming schedule, and you're going to find out a lot about the Upper Peninsula over the next few weeks. You've got Gladstone tonight. Houghton comes to town next week, as does Iron Mountain. Then a trip to Gladstone and another battle with Ishpeming. You get to play five of your next six at home. Take me inside the Gwynn Gymnasium on game day. How, how does that home atmosphere benefit your guys? Well, you know, like any team, I think the home home field, home court advantage definitely is, is something. Um, but it, it is only as strong as you make it. You know, we've had some really good backing from our, our um, just the, the kids, first of all, you know, have been coming out to watch games. Um, but we've also had a lot of the community coming out and, and kind of seeing just what these guys just are all about right now. Um, you know, we're making strides. We're not perfect, but we're definitely work. We work hard. And, you know, on our home court, you know, we like to come out and, and have some fun. And uh, so the, the nice thing is, you know, we've uh, done some upgrades to our facilities, new bleachers, new baskets. Um, they've done a lot of uh, some other cosmetic work, but we have some other things in the, in the coming down the line in the next year or so to, to do even some more improvements to the gym. And that's thanks to not just the, uh, you know, big thing is, is the Booster Club um, and our community for backing the Booster Club and allowing them to do those things. So coming into our place, I think it's getting better um, all the time. And for us, you know, it is a home court advantage. We, we, we seem to play well. I don't care who it is. We come to play in our, on, our home field, on our home court. So you're right. Next, uh, next games here are really important. They're not just uh, really good teams, but they're also conference games for the most part. So... You know, Houghton's have been on a roll lately. I know they got beat by Nagani last night, but they're they're still uh, they're a they're a tough team to play, especially with the size they have. And can't say enough about Iron Mountain. Um, and then you have Gladstone again at their place and Ishpeming, which we already knew that was a battle up there. So we got a really tough stretch. We're going to learn something about ourselves here, just how resilient we are, just how tough we are, how disciplined we are in the next couple of next couple of days. Um, and you know, hopefully, we can step up to the challenge. Coach, lastly, what's going to be the biggest challenge you lay before your team tonight in your final huddle before you take the floor against the Braves? I think it's to uh, dictate the tempo. We need to we need to dictate tempo against Gladstone. We can't allow them to play their game tonight. If they play their game, they're going to be really tough to beat with uh, Reese as good as he is. Uh, you know, and those complimentary players, you know, scoring as well as they are. Um, we have to dictate tempo tonight. So now it's all, tonight, the last thing is just getting after it. Jim, as always, appreciate the time. Best of luck this weekend, and look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, thanks, Tanner. Have a good night. More after this on ESPN-UP. The Marquette Big Boy presents the famous Slim Jim with a twist. The Turkey Club Slim Jim features slow-roasted turkey breast, bacon, and Swiss. The Italian Slim Jim features lean ham, pepperoni, and other Italian delights. The Veggie Slim Jim has red pepper hummus, feta cheese, mushrooms, cucumbers, pepper rings, spinach, and more. On the burger menu is a classic Big Boy, but also the Ohio Big Boy with signature Ohio burger sauce, the West Coast Big Boy with red relish and mayo, the barbecue bacon Big Boy, and fully loaded Big Boy, US 41 Marquette. Eagle Mine is a proud supporter of local high school sports 
At Eagle, safety is our number one priority for our employees and our community, and especially for our children. With school back in session, that means sharing the road with school buses. Be alert and ready to stop when you see a school bus when overhead lights or warning lights are flashing. Let's all do our part to protect our children by keeping them safe. This message is brought to you by Eagle Mine. Welcome back to the ESPN UP Coaches Show. Time now to talk Ishpeming Hematite girls basketball with head coach Ryan Riekel. Hematites one and four. Coach, who went up to Hancock last night, had a battle with them, but came up a little bit short. Tell me about how that matchup went and what your team needs to do going forward. We uh, we played pretty good in spurts. Uh, once again, we did some things that uh, we liked as, in the program, but we also did some things that we need to uh, continue to correct. Uh, credit to what uh, Hancock did. They made free throws on the stretch, and we missed some free throws, and that ultimately ended up hurting us because, you know, the name of the game when uh, they're close is making free throws, and we just didn't capitalize on it like we did against Calumet. Uh, you know, they go on the road right away after the new year to an unfamiliar place. And, you know, you're digging yourself a hole already. Uh, and last night I thought we did, did that, and uh, we dug ourselves a five-point deficit at halftime, and that uh, ended up hurting us uh, throughout the game because we ended up losing by five. What adjustments did you make in the second half? You were able to hang with them, but just couldn't battle back. Yeah, we took the lead with four minutes to go. We were up one or two points, and then we came out of a timeout after they called the timeout, and we missed some uh, quick shots, uh, shots that we didn't really want at that moment. And, uh, you know, the young players kind of panicked and uh, tried to uh, – take quick possessions when we wanted to make them play a little more defense because we were getting the looks we wanted offensively. But uh, being a young team, they made those mistakes, and hopefully we can uh, fix those in the film session and try to capitalize on holding a lead with four minutes to go against a team that's playing pretty scrappy at that moment and try to get a victory out of it next time. Ryan, what was your message to the team in the locker room after the game? Well, we got to be better. Uh, we got to continue to fix our, uh, our flaws, our personal flaws and team flaws. Uh, some of the girls uh, need to keep continuing to uh, try to grow and uh, listen to the coaching staff, trying to make them better basketball players and uh, start buying in and uh, watch the films, uh, learn from the mistakes, and uh, learn from the good things as well. And uh, these girls want to do that, and we're going to continue to get better and continue to work really hard. And uh, by the end of the year, I'm hoping that these little mistakes we're making now are going to be gone and we'll be trying to fix other things. Tuesday night, you've got Gwyn coming to town. They're a team that's playing really well right now. Picked up a win in Munising last night. Tell me what you know about them. Uh, Gwyn's, Gwyn's very good. Uh, they're at the top of the conference. Uh, you can put them in the name in the mix with Westwood and with Nagani. And Gwyn's got some experience. Uh, they've been kind of where we I, we're the team that they were a couple years ago. Young, scrappy, with, with potential. Uh, this, you know, we, We're not meeting our ceiling, and uh, I think they're just going to pick hit their ceiling at the right point, and uh, closer towards the end of the year, I think they're going to be playing really, really good basketball. Uh, their only loss is against Bark River, who's undefeated. Uh, so, you know, they're they're a pretty good team. They're up at the top of the conference with everyone else. Uh, they got some good guards. Uh, Brooke Manor's playing good basketball. Marissa Delma is a really strong, steady point guard, hard to cluster, uh, hard to make uh, her have mistakes, and they shoot a lot of threes. Uh, I was at a game where they shot 38 threes in one game, and uh, we're really going to have to defend and uh, box out because there's going to be a lot of long rebounds if they're not making those. Talking with Ryan Rico, head girls basketball coach at Ishwimming. Ryan, what does your team need to do in the interim until you take the floor on Tuesday to get prep for this model towner team? I continue to uh, try to perfect those things that we're, we're flawed in right now. Uh, that's making uh, converting layups on fast breaks, uh, footwork things, uh, little miscues, executing on an offensive possession, uh, not bailing out, uh, on trying to score, uh, you know, a lot of our stuff comes on the offensive end right now. Uh, we're digging ourselves a little bit of a hole, and uh, we got to find ways to be a better scoring team. And uh, in our conference, only scoring 40 points a game is not going to be enough. And so we have to try to do uh, things a little bit better uh, in order to close that margin. And uh, once we start doing so, I think good things will start happening for us. I know you graduated five starters from last year's team, and you've got a young group coming up, but are they starting to progress about where you thought they would for the beginning of January, or are they taking on a different identity? Uh, you know, last night I was hoping we'd get that win. Uh, that would have been a big one for us just to, to help the, the morale of the girls uh, to uh, 
show that the things they're doing are starting to, to work. But this team hasn't wavered. Uh, they're 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 very focused on trying to become better basketball players, and uh, I couldn't be more proud as a coach. You know, the girls want to do whatever it takes to become better. Uh, we've had some tough, you know, lopsided losses to Westwood and Nagani, and the girls came right back trying to get uh, focused practice, try to fix some things, and we've corrected some of those things, and we've uh, found new things we got to get better at. So at one and four, yeah, it's tough, but we faced some pretty good competition so far. Uh, we we know what the, the rest of the season looks like for us, and we're just hoping that we're going to be clicking at the right time, and that's going to be late February. Do you have any player that's been stepping up and taking on the leadership role? I know it's a young team, but is there anybody that's emerged kind of as the on-floor court general, what have you? Uh, I think Madison Prude's done a really good job for us. You know, last night she uh, drew the best defender on her, and uh, we still managed to get her five points made. Uh, she and she still had a few more that I think could have went in and a few more possessions that the ball didn't get put in her hands when it should have. Um, but she's, uh, she's been here before. She was under varsity last year, got really good minutes. And then Emma Poyer has been uh, steady for us. She guards the other team's best player, and she's uh, a primary ball handler for when we're trying to do things. And uh, as those two girls progress, I think the other two girls are going to, or the other group of girls are going to uh, follow their lead and get better too. Ryan, last thing before I let you go, tell me about the lower levels of your program, how their seasons are going, and how they've been progressing this year. Uh, you know, we have uh, low numbers in our eighth grade because the class only has, I think, 16 girls. Uh, so we had to have some seventh grade girls play up on the eighth grade team. And uh, they had a, a really good season this year. Uh, our group of seventh grade girls uh, got some talent. Uh, our Currently, our JV team is all freshman girls and a couple sophomores. And they're uh, they're getting better. Uh, they're, they're starting to believe in themselves, and that's that's half the battle is believing you can do it. And then uh, our younger our younger kids that come to our camp are doing a good job trying to uh, enjoy basketball, trying to buy into basketball, and uh, we just want them really liking liking the game, having fun with it. And uh, as they have more fun, they're going to uh, want to play more. And then once they play more, they're going to get better. And by the time they get to us, we should be able to. Uh, implement our program a little more and, you know, offer a little more basketball insight and uh, hopefully it sustains the, the winning culture that Ishmael's had for the last 10 years. Ryan Rico, head girls basketball coach at Ishmael. As always, Ryan, appreciate the time. Looking forward to talking again soon. Thanks, Dan. More after this, we'll take a time out on ESPN-UP. Econo Foods is proud of its student-athletes that play for their schools and communities. They see their work ethic not only on the field of play, but also in their stores throughout the Upper Peninsula. The combination of academics, athletic skill, and a willingness to work hard makes them winners. Econo Foods salutes you. Sports and athletic competition bring out the best in our communities, and we want you to know we appreciate your efforts. Good luck this year to the Redmen and Redettes, the Miners, the Hematites, the Patriots, the Model Towners, the Hawks, the Mustangs, and all the parents and fans. Here at True North Federal Credit Union, we want to teach kids how to save responsibly right from the get-go. That's why we offer the Kirby Kangaroo Club to ages 0 through 12. The Kirby Kangaroo Club teaches kids how to save responsibly by offering them a punch for every $5 deposited into their account. They can then redeem those punches for fabulous prizes. We also offer the Claim Your Youth program to ages 13 through 17. The Claim Your Youth program teaches teens how to save responsibly by offering prizes for net deposits into their account. It's all available at True North Federal Credit Union. Member NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. Welcome back to the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Time now to talk Marquette Redmen Boys Basketball. I had the chance to catch up with head coach Brad Nelson on Thursday. Get his thoughts heading into the Kingsford game. Well, Coach, 6-2 and two start the season as you prepare for Kingsford tonight. Tell me what they bring to the table. Well, they, got, they have size. You know, they're not necessarily tall, but they're all they're thick and strong, uh, you know, minus their point guard, who's a little bit smaller. But, you know, with Luke Terrian and, and Beauchamp, they pose some problems as far as matchups. Um, and then they got two bigger guys that like like to be down on the block. So, even though we got a six ten kid, we also got four guys out there that, you know, don't quite have the the physicality of their bigger guys. So we got to do a good job tonight of getting them off their spots, um, pressuring the wing hard, make it hard for them to do what they want to do. But they're a streaky team, and you know, you, you watch film of them playing, and and some nights it seems like they can't miss. Some nights they struggle a little bit. So, you know, we're hoping that we can 
you know, put enough pressure on them to, to put them in some uncomfortable spots tonight to, to try to swing the swing this tide in our in, in our favor. Coach, what have you liked about your team here in the early going? You're six and two. What's impressed you from your squad? Just the the improvement that I've been seeing. I thought, you know, our last game going into break against Nagani, um, we showed some good things. You know, we held Jason Waterman to two. Uh, Lindbergh to eight, and obviously Jackson Sager had a big game for them, but he's the type of player that, you know, you, you gotta help off of, but we couldn't really help off of anybody, and that's why Nagani's a, a tough team, and probably one of the most underrated teams in the UP. I think they're gonna have a pretty successful season. Uh, their record might not show it, but I know they're gonna win some games coming up. So, um, you know, I thought we played 28 solid minutes. I think we were up 16 at one point. Uh, kind of let them sneak back into it. We didn't make our free throws in the end, which is kind of the indicator of why the score was what it was. But um, I thought defensively <clears throat> we were focused, um, did what we needed to do, and uh, offensively I thought we did a much better job executing. And ripped off three straight wins since December 15th when you took down Traverse City West. Do you feel like your team is playing uh, aside from the free throws you alluded to, are they playing about to their potential, or do you still have another level you want to get? Are they where they should be for the beginning of January is what I'm asking. No. Uh, well, as far as, I guess if you put it in that perspective about where we need to be as of now, um, I would anticipate that's about where we need to be. Obviously, we need to get a lot better come March. Um, but, you know, we I think we only have four or five games in the month of January, which it was a good time for us to kind of put some new stuff in. We had some kids gone during Christmas break on vacation, so we didn't put a whole lot of new stuff in over break. Um, but, you know, we're looking at the month of January to take what we have, tweak it, make it better. Um, and, you know, the kids are starting to buy, not buy in, but they're starting to understand where the shots are going to come from and waiting for that good shot. Um, and, you know, tonight we're looking forward to it to see how we do and, and take another step forward to where we need to be in March. Coach, when you look at some of the fundamental aspects, whether it be how well you pass the ball, team rebounding, where do you want to see yourself improve, and what do you like uh, about your team, right? Where are you succeeding? I'd like to see a, a little better effort on the offensive glass. Um, you know, obviously, Marius wipes the glass quite a bit for us, you know, having his height, but I think we can do a better job of going after some offensive rebounds. And, you know, oftentimes... In tight games, you know, those 10 to 16 points of what are referred to as garbage points, those can make the difference between a win and a loss. And I think we can do a better job of going after those things. And, you know, if teams start leaking on us, you got to be careful of it. But until they do, I think we need to go in and, and mix it up a little bit and go after offensive rebounds. And that's kind of our focus and practice every day. Um, so hopefully tonight we, we can get some of those garbage points. Coach, how's the Great Northern Conference working out here in the early going? Now that you get to December and past that, are you starting to see things play out, maybe get a look at who some teams really are? Well, obviously, you know, Escanaba, they have a pretty good conference record. I believe they're 3-1. and one. Um, So they're going to be there in the end. Gladstone, you, you never know with them. They're a team that's, that's lethal and Fortunately, we went down to their gym and were able to, to get a win, which is a, a good thing. It's a hard place to play. But we still have to go to, to Kingsford. We still have to go to Escanaba, and we still have to go to Menominee, and all three of those places are tough places to play. So um, we got to take care of business. We know tonight we got to protect our home court in this conference game because um, Kingsford's a team that, you know, if you don't come ready to play, they can clip you. And, and that kind of cost us last year. Uh, Kingsford beat us, um, and that kind of led to the tie in the conference which obviously it's nice to get a share of the title but you want it all to yourself and that's kind of our goal every year and you know i think we've won seven of the last eight conference championships so something that's on our radar every year and every time you play a conference game you got to be ready to go because they know what we want to do we know what they want to do and the kids got to go out and execute you mentioned that you had a few kids that were gone over break, spending the holidays with family and what have you. What did you do as far as preparation for the back half of the season? How did you implement things in practice? Um, a lot of it was, you know, get healthy. Uh, you know, some sickness going around, injuries going around, and it was a good time for kids to, to kind of take a step back. Because, we, you know, we're eight games in, and it's a 20-game season, so we're close to halfway done with our season so 
Um, you know, with the kids gone, we weren't able to, you know, like I said, implement a lot of new stuff. I don't want to explain it twice when those kids come back, but um, we spent a lot of time shooting, you know, did a couple of fun competitive shooting drills and, and just worked on some, some fundamentals that, you know, you see every day in every practice. But, um, you know, once this this anywhere gets started and we got time to practice and, and look at things and look at some film and, and evaluate where we need to get better, uh, this is a perfect opportunity for us to, to do that. Coach, as always, appreciate you taking the time. All the best against Kingsford. Look forward to talking again soon. Okay, thank you, Tanner. Brad Nelson, head boys basketball coach at Marquette. Always enjoy the opportunity to talk a little Red Men basketball with head coach Brad Nelson. We did that interview yesterday prior to the Kingsford game. Yep. Let's transition to girls basketball, but stick with Marquette. We've got head coach Ben Smith on headset with us. Coach, still a little bit of the holiday break to go for you. Your team is 5-2. and two. Don't take the floor again until Tuesday. Tell me how your team's been spending the time in the interim, maybe a little extra time to celebrate the holidays. Yeah, uh, we've been hopefully resting up and getting a little more healthy. Uh, we had a uh, real <laughs> packed December schedule. We played seven games and. 16 days, I believe it was, and then we'll have about 16 days in between our um, last two so we can kind of make that adjust off the floor with a lot of the uh, um, just fundamental stuff that you don't get to when you're not able to practice all the time. And, you know, obviously the seven games in that short of time is tough to play that many games and be up and ready for them, but then you take away the days of practice that you miss that makes it tough. So over the holidays we've had, you know, obviously some days off, but some days in the gym too, trying to um, fine-tune some of the stuff that we weren't quite doing well and trying to focus on some of the stuff that, you know, we view as strength to try and uh, lean on those as we move forward. Well, again, Tuesday you're at Escanaba. Your last game was December the 20th. How do you keep the team focused on basketball over that long of a stretch? Um, I think... They know that we've been doing some good things and that we, you know, kind of have some expectations on uh, where we want to be when the season's over. So, you know, they know that every practice is a chance for us to get better, and they also know that a few of the uh, performances we've put out there so far this year haven't been necessarily exactly what we want. So, you know, I think they're driven kids, and as a team they want to um, continue to get better all the time. You know, we mix in a few maybe a few different drills and, you know, a few things that way. But, again, with the holidays and the time that they're spending with family and, you know, um, away from school, they have kind of gotten out of the basketball doldrums too. So it's nice to get them in the gym, and they're excited to see each other and play hard. So, you know, it's been really fun working with them because they enjoy being there. Well, Coach, you have a road trip of sorts to open up 2019. You'll play six of your next eight on the road. You've done this for a few years, but how do you manage that when the schedule gets to be grueling with long road trips? Yeah, it's uh, just kind of par for the course, like you said. Basically, being up here and having our district be um, two Traverse City teams, Alpena, Gaylord, and Petoskey, you know, if we're going to do anything um, in terms of win a couple games and try and advance in the tournament, we better be ready. Um, to get on a bus and have our bus legs and get rid of them and be ready to compete. Um, and so this year so far we're seven games in and we've had one home game. And I know I think our next two are on the road at least, if not more. So, you know, it's just one of those things where the kids enjoy playing and they enjoy challenges. And, you know, we just view that as another challenge we have to try and um, take on and hopefully use to help us prepare to get better. I mean, it's tough to assess your team and where they are since you haven't taken the floor in a couple of weeks, but are your girls about where you want them to be for this time in early January? Um, I'd say, like you said, I think it's kind of tough because we have been off in a while, but seeing some of the stuff that we're doing on the floor in practice, I think um, kids are getting a little bit healthier and getting a little bit more comfortable about um, some of the things where, you know, not like we were just, flying by the seat of our pants earlier, but you look at some of the stuff that you do in the summer, you know, like a team camp, and you have a few things that you've done in the past, and you kind of lean on those things, and 
it's one of those things where we're um, in that spot now where we're in the gym and hopefully able to um, get better at those things that we can spend the time together um, with. And, you know, I think rebounding, defending, and um, competing on that end is going to be our main focus as we, you know, kind of try and move forward. And we've been doing a lot of those things well, a lot of it playing just kind of straight man stuff. And we're trying to mix in a few other things as we move forward, you know, so we can um, change the dynamics. I think no matter what you're doing, if you're only good at one thing, teams can prepare for it a little bit better. And so if we can kind of mix and match and maybe take advantage of some matchups as we kind of come out of a little practice stretch here, hopefully that's something we can um, use to our advantage. Well, Ben, it's early January, and like you mentioned, you've only played one home game, but your team is 5-2 and two thus far. What have you guys done right here in the first half of the season that you want to build on moving forward? Um, I think defensive rebounding, um, for the most part, has been a strength, and you know, getting stops and finishing them with rebounds and getting out and running the floor, it just allows you to play a little bit freer and a little bit looser. Um, I think if you're getting scored on, obviously, um, you need to score more points and then beat them, but it also just makes it that much harder to score. You know, if you've got to come up against a set defense or if someone's going to pressure you or play zone on makes or something, just getting stops at your end um, is kind of the number one thing that you can hopefully hang your hat on, and that's um, something we've been pretty good at. You know, I think execution offensively, we go through some stretches where we make it a lot harder on ourselves than we need to, but then at times it looks like, hey, we know uh, where we want to go with the ball and we play off of each other and it's a good thing, but you know, we need to take those positive moments and kind of stretch them out and make them happen more often and not um, you know, go through some of those rough stretches. And has anybody taken on the leadership role that really is kind of the go-to floor general when you're on there that you can feel like they're an extension of the coaching staff when they have the ball? Uh, yeah, I would say Avery Leedy um, on the court and off the court in terms of her. Uh, she's got a good personality anyway, um, but she just has a way of having you know that tone to put kids in the right spot but not do it in a way where she's like all over them and bossing them around. It's like a positive, very positive thing, and it's um, great from the coaching staff side. You know, could say something all day long, but when it comes from a teammate, um, a friend, a classmate, it just seems to drive it home much better. So off the floor for sure, and then on the floor a lot of the stuff that we run seems to go through her, and, you know, she's always digging in defensively, and that's a great thing for a leader to do. Ben, lastly, tell me about the younger levels of your program, how they progressed this season and what you're liking out of them. Um, so we have 14 kids on our JV team, and um, it's a few more than we typically have had at any level on a team. So kind of the game-to-game -game playing time is a little bit different. As you know, most kids leave the gym and they don't think they ever have played quite enough. But um, watching them in practice, they work really hard, and that's a great problem to have where the kids are showing up for games with that um, backing of, hey, I've played hard and I deserve to play instead of, oh my gosh, we have 14 kids and we don't have any we want to throw out there. Um, so our JV team is undefeated. Um, and then we have um, seven kids at the freshman level. And the C's, um, their improvement from um, tryout day one to even like their first game, but to now, they've definitely made many strides in the right direction um where you know it was kind of a fish out of water thing the first day or two and then now um we went down to traverse city they um battled really hard in a the game they um had a tough offensive foul call they called a moving screen with about a 15 seconds to go on a possession where we were trying to tie it up at the end which was super tough they ended up finishing the game with only four on the floor and it was a, a real interesting Thing to watch that go down but you know they're learning every day and I think um, as things progress not only this year but um, as we go into their sophomore summer I think those kids um, will really build on uh, some of the things that they've already put in place in terms of things they're learning about the game so it's been great to have them you know we've had some um, program-wide practices and things and just to kind of see all the kids interact um, seems like we have a great bunch from freshmen to seniors again which is 
uh, really great to have in your program. Ben Smith, head girls basketball coach at Marquette. As always, Coach, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Look forward to having you on again soon. Yeah, thanks a bunch. Hopefully next time I'll have a couple games we can talk about. <laughs> Let's plan on it. Once again, Ben Smith, Marquette girls basketball. We'll take a timeout. More after this on ESPN-UP. Dave's Collision in Ishpeming specializes in scratch and dent repair as well as other major collision repairs, including metalwork, painting, and collision-related mechanical work. Dave's uses quality Exalta paint to ensure a clean, shiny, color match finish. With over 26 years of experience, Dave, with the help of his qualified staff, has the knowledge to restore your vehicle to pre-accident condition. Make the right decision. Choose Dave's Collision. Call 485-1211. That's 485-1211. You don't just want your bank to be a place where you park your money. You want it to be your partner in putting your money to work for you. At MBank, we believe in the power of exceptional banking products and services delivered by friendly, experienced people. Community-focused, client-driven. That's our commitment to you. It's about supporting our communities. It's about empowering our clients to make sound financial decisions. It's about being your financial partner. Make the move to MBank today. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Welcome back to the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Time out of talk. Nagani girls basketball with head coach Brandon Seger. Coach, 6-0 record heading into 2019. You get to start the second half of the season tonight. You welcome Manistique. First and foremost, tell me about how you spent the time over the holiday break getting geared up for what should be a really fun second half of the year. Um, you know, we worked on some things that we uh, had some that were, we were deficient on in the first part of our, our season. And as well as working on some things that we um, that we want to rule out here as we as we kind of get ready to head down the stretch, um, took a few days off here and there, but for the most part, um, uh, you know, trying to stay competitive with our practices and with having a, a break of no competition. You get Manistique coming to town tonight. That's a Manistique girls team that's really improved since last season. Tell me what they like to do. What you got to watch out for. Um, you know, they got a mix of some upperclassmen and uh, I think a, a couple freshmen. So, um, you know, it's going to be a, a defensive game for us, as as always. That's what's going to kind of start things for us. And, um, you know, we'll we'll look to apply some pressure and, and hopefully cause some some problems with them right from the from the, from the opening tip. Well, your team undefeated in the first half of the season, going six and zero through November and December. What did you like about your squad? How'd you get to six and zero, and what do you want to build on heading into the back end? Um, our, our defense was pretty good. Um, as far as um, what got us there, I would say we shared the ball. Nobody, um, nobody cared who scored, but we've uh, established kind of an inside game, outside game, pretty well balanced on all pieces of the floor. Um, so I've been pretty, pretty, pretty pleased with that. Well, Brandon, you knew that you were going to be one of the favorites in the Upper Peninsula this year. Is your team taking on the identity that you thought they would entering, entering this season, or are they starting to take on a new form? Um, no, I think uh, I think we're right where we wanted to be. It's it's uh, a unique group of kids who, um, you know, everybody wants to talk about that twenty and old season last year, and. and We've kind of caused people to forget about it right now and, and focus on the group that we have, um, even though they were part of, of some of that. Uh, but, um, you know, they kind of take it in stride. They don't really read into a lot of things. And we've had some conversations early on, and it says people are going to write good things about you, write bad things about you. At the end of the day, those don't win any basketball games, so let's just focus on ourselves, stay poised, and, and just do what we need to do. Well, Coach, you're going to find out not only a lot about your team, but the Upper Peninsula here in the coming weeks. Looking at your schedule ahead, you've got West Iron County, who's got some talented players there. Gwen is having a really good season, and then the Westwood game. So, I mean, it's going to be no joke here in the coming stretch. We're going to find out a lot about UP basketball, especially in the Westpac. Yeah, you know, we're anxious to kind of get get into that piece of the schedule and, and really see how good we are. We haven't really had a... Um, a good test other than our Marquette game this year. So, um, you know, it, it's it's going to be a, a grueling two and a half weeks, but um, anxious to kind of start rolling with it and, and get back into the competitive flow. When you look at last year's team and you talked about how you're trying to distance yourself from that, how how different is it is this year's team compared to the one you had last year? Uh, you know, I, last year we had two Two premier superstars, and um, you know, and Clara and Natalie. So, 
Um, it was it was tough to not have the attention that they brought to us, um, but I think it overshadowed a lot of the other pieces. E- even as a, as a from a coaching perspective, um, for us, it's uh, it, there was a lot of focus on those two, and maybe you know uh, it took away from some of our team aspect. And and this group has done a great job, you know, starting right off this summer. We, we, they kind of set the the tone for how they're going to play and and how they're going to play together. So um, I think it's it, it's it's good. At, you know, anytime you have two two players like we had last year um, in Claire and Natalie, it's hard to not have them be the focus. And um, but you know, with that said, I, from how we performed this summer, I, I told the girls that this could be the best group that I've had, been able to coach as far as from a whole entire team. So. Um, they're taking that and, and and running with it. Brandon Sanger, head girls basketball coach at Nagani. As always, Coach, thanks for the time. Best of luck this season. Look forward to talking again. All right. Thank you, Tanner. That does it for us here in the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Signing off from WZAM Ishpeming Marquette. I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for listening.